Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your heavy, drunken glory. It never goes away. Promised land glory today and forevermore. Milk and honey flowing out of Eden. Song of Songs actually says that your tongue is milk and honey, and that I found the promised land flowing within you. The milk and honey flowing out of your spirit, through your soul, right out of your face, into the natural realm. The natural realms transformed by your tongue. Jesus Christ, revelation, proceeding from his tongue was a two-edged sword. Only thing the Lord Jesus has is sweetness. God is love. So it's the sword of love that's going forth and cleansing the bitterness and the pride out of the nation's hearts and minds with the rivers, the springs, the streams, the fountains of the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden is the promised land of the New Covenant. What we exodus from now is from the dry place of religion, the deception of being trapped in our own soul and not knowing the seven spirit of God's soul, of God the Father, not knowing the Father intimately in our own souls and dying for lack of knowledge or intimate knowledge or revelation knowledge of the Father of glory, Ephesians 1.17. Without the Father in your soul, you'll perish. Because everything apart from the Father is a lie. The Father is the light being. Hebrews chapter 1, Amplified Classic, in the Greek, Hebrews 1, says God the Father is a light being. That's not a New Age thing. That's the book of Hebrews chapter 1 thing. problem is, is Christians get so religious after they're born again, that they don't even get into the light being. You say light being, they'll think you're some kind of Wiccan witch or something. You start talking about the stuff in the Bible, the, the deeper stuff of God, they wig out like crazy because most Christians have been taught that all the deeper things of God belong to Satan. And so we've saved infants in Christ, but we can't die in the wilderness. We need to mature we need adulthood. And our friend is talking about this as our, our friend. He's saying that 2020 is the year that, of maturity, that we're no longer teenagers anymore. We're leaving 19 teenage years as the sons of God and the man-child company, and we're coming in, predestined for day, and this whole generation is coming into maturity in 2020. <laughs> Glory to God. And... It's not going to be serious. It's going to be seriously fun. It's going to be at His right hand our pleasures forevermore. That's what we're going to reveal is the fullness of ecstasy. The fullness of God the Father. What makes heaven heaven is because the Father's there. What transforms earth into that place is the Father fully formed 
not in our spirit, but in our souls. Because anybody could ask Jesus into their heart. We've seen tens of millions of people baptized in the Holy Spirit in the last hundred years since Azusa Street, but you haven't seen that much society-wide transformation. Because even if you operate in the gifts of the Spirit, but you don't operate in the Father's soul, in your soul, you're going to be very religious, going to be very stingy, you're going to be very poverty mindset. I mean, so the transfiguration of the renewing of your mind is the Father taking over your brain. Very few people have let the Father take over their brain because it's so otherworldly and it costs you everything you think you know from this creation. It's sacrificial. Extremely sacrificial. And the only thing you sacrifice is the dead stuff that pre pretends to be alive. It's not alive. It's dead. That's the deception of religion. That's the deception of Satan and his angels and the curse of the fall is that what they presented to Adam and Eve had the appearance of good. They looked at the fruit of that tree and they saw that its fruit was good for eating. That's what the Bible says in Genesis. The appearance of the fruit looked delicious. It looked like it would make me wise. But what it did was kill them. So the wisdom of Satan kills you. The wisdom of Satan is getting smart in your brain apart from the seven spirits of God. The New Covenant, Book of Revelation, listen, this stuff's been around 2,000 years. I'm sorry if you're just hearing it now. It's in the Bible. Four different times in Revelation, written for 2,000 years, the seven spirits of God are mentioned, and the Holy Spirit is not mentioned a single time in the last book of the Bible. Not once. But the seven spirits of God are mentioned four times. Why? Because it's time to mature and have the same soul of God the Father in your soul. The sacrifice of our souls is the promised land. Because then you're walking in the Father's ability, you're flying in the Father's ability, you're seeing with the Father's eyes, you're empowered with the Father's horns, the seven horns of Revelation 5-6. It's the Father's power, the seven eyes of Revelation 5-6. It's the Father's omniscience. The all-knowing nature is in the eyes. The omnipotent, all-powerful nature is in the horns. Horns represent power. Eyes represent knowledge. The Father is omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent. And He's in your spirit. Problem is, He's not in our souls. Not very much. I mean, I'm still getting there too. We're doing all kinds of wild stuff. But the promised land is getting him in your soul. And there's always more. There's always more until your brain is blotting out the noonday sun. There is so much more. And corporately, we're going to come together in the unity of the Father's mind, the Father's soul. The sons of God... The daughters of God that are mature are sons of God. That's just a term in the scripture for maturity. Huios in Greek. You have technon and huios. Huios are the mature sons of God. Technon are the infants in Christ. Paul uses both terms in the New Testament. He said, oh, that I, I wish you were huios in 1 Corinthians, but you are still technon, infants in Christ, milking the bottle. I wish some of you would be teachers by now. The issue between Technon and Huyos is the issue of the seven spirits of God dormant in your spirit. 
You ask Jesus into your heart, you didn't just get Jesus. You can't separate the Trinity. You got the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in you. You got His fullness in you. And it will come up and possess your soul to be the exact likeness of Jesus Christ, the firstborn from among the dead. It's called a Son of God. The 144,000 of Revelation are the sons of God. This is the season of the maturity of no longer being teenagers, now 20 years old, which is crazy because I got born again October 1999. I'm exactly 20 years old in the Lord, that I'm no longer a teenager in the Lord. So that the mature sons of God are coming forth right now in this moment, which is the end of Babylon the Great, which is the end of the beast system, which is the end of confusion, which is the end of sin. It's the end of wickedness of Satan and his angels. Enoch said of a far and remote off generation for when all the wicked are to be removed. Now all the demons will be removed. Demons that fly and demons that crawl and demons that swim. All of them will be bound in chains and thrown into the lake of fire. And I saw the beast, the false prophet and the red dragon thrown alive into the lake of fire. Revelation says that. And then you see the new Jerusalem coming forth. Listen, everything in the scripture is for the earth dimension. If you have it in the Bible, it's for the earth. Not a single word in there is for the heavenly dimension. All of it's for the earth dimension to be transformed into the heavenly dimension. The stuff that's not in the Bible, you can read in heaven. There's libraries in heaven. You can get smart in heaven. But that stuff isn't on the earth because that's just other stuff. But the stuff that you have in the Bible is for the heavens to come to the earth. Everything in the Bible is for heaven to come to earth. Meaning, this, this book is supernatural that unlocks the third heaven into the face of the earth. The Word is like a doorway. The Word is like a portal into a realm. Every word from God has seven layers of depth of revelation. I know that. I've seen them. I, I remember one time I was in this beach house, this condemned house we were living in like 12, 12 years ago or something in St. Paul. And I heard, I saw Sadhu Sundar Singh in the spirit. He was in the cloud of witnesses with me and I saw him in the room and he said, every revelation has seven layers to it. Every word of the Bible has seven layers. And the seventh level of the word so, I mean, that's what's so confusing for people is because they get an interpretation and you could be one layer, two layers, three, four layers deep in that revelation. And it's all true. It's, it's like depths of waters. The water of the Word. Now, you can go into the water of that Word and be shallow and it's just as true as someone that goes to the full depths of the bottom of the sea of that Word. And it's a deeper level of humility. And the deeper you go into the water of that word, the more you know the Father intimately. So our problem is we haven't gone deep enough into the water of the word. Most of us are like ankle deep water of the word. That's 99% of Christians in the planet right now. Are about Most of them ain't even in the water. But the ones that are in the water, the majority are ankle deep. We have to go knee deep. And you can just dive right in. 
as we speak from the bottom of the river, from the depths of the river, we're inviting you into the seventh level. <laughs> we're inviting you into the seventh level of the word of the waters. And so there's an anchor that will, if you agree with it and let it into you, it will pull you into the springs of the waters of life of the Good Shepherd of Revelation 7.17. It will pull you into the lower pool, and as you go down into the lower pool, listen, you can't get to the upper pool unless you go down into the lower pool. We read that from Judges. It's written in the Scriptures. The temple has a lower pool and an upper pool. There are lower waters of, of the earth realm, and there are upper waters of the heavenly realm. You have to humble yourself. They're low because they are literally called the waters of the Lamb's humility. The lower pool is the substance of humility. Without humility, you'll never taste a drop of glory. People say they can't feel God's presence. I didn't get drunk. I don't feel drunk. Listen, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due season you will be exalted as an astronaut in the Spirit. The issue is we're so exceedingly prideful, mm -hmm. and we think we're not. Pride is the fallen angels working in our souls, that we are so blinded by self and self-awareness that we don't even know the Lord at all. And there are so many thousands of people that know about Him but are just puffed up in the pride of knowledge and not the experience of the waters of humility. So you humble yourself and you go down into the springs of humility of the lower pool. And from the lower pool, you're launched up into the upper pool. And those are the upper and lower waters of the days of Noah. The springs mm -hmm. came from the bowels of the earth and the rains came from the heavens above. So we're restoring Christians to the supernatural realities of the lower and upper pool. And as you experience this, you begin to work in the Ezekiel 47 water temple. Of course it's all by faith. What do you think the substance that faith is hoped for is? It's the living waters. Amen. Holy. And, the, <laughs> whoa, Shaka. <laughs> the living waters is the substance of faith. And as you begin to see this in your mind renewed, it will expand through your soul. And that's what the seven spirits of God are doing. They're renewing your mind with the soul of God the Father for His ability to begin to be your ability. God the Father wants you to be just like Him in ability. Divine ability is our promised land. And it's not like education of our Greek systems here. It's, it's not even necessarily hard work. It's easy and light. Jesus said His yoke, which is His teaching, was easy and light. How is the Messiah's teaching so easy? Because it's based on a water system. It's based on drinking. Now, prophetic people can do it outside the waters by revelation, but it's hard. And it, it's very d difficult. You can do this by revelation. There, there are different ways to operate in the Spirit. The easy and light way which is what we must bring, which I'm commissioned to bring, is the waterway. The waterway is so stupid and easy that a lot of people that have done it the hard way, by revelation, by just awesome fasting, awesome prayer, and just a lot of works. Listen, and some of these works are good works. I mean, you can fast, you can pray, you can spend 50,000 hours reading the Bible. There are really, really hard ways 
of learning these things. There's like school of hard knocks by trying hard. And some people enter the kingdom actually through so much study and so much hard work. But the, the way that's so easy and stupid that we get persecuted from those people that go through the hard, difficult ways is just being like a little kid in the river. Mm-hmm. And you can do that? Oh, if that's legal? God's not mad at you for having fun all the time and just playing in the river, splish, splash, scuba diving in the sauce? Shouldn't you be more serious? Shouldn't you sober up? Isn't there work to be done? There's water work to be done. And it's easy and light. That's the yoke of the gospel. That's the yoke of the apostle John, the water apostle. That's the yoke of the hundredfold glory realm of divine love. It's so easy. The more you grow in the glory the easier and easier it gets because it's based on the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and the seven spirits of God and not your flesh nor your brain. And the brain is the place where we get stressed out and anxiety because we put the pressure on our performance. Our performance is based not on self anymore because that's the old covenant. That's done away with. Anyone that practices the selfishness of self-effort of the Old Testament, which was you do the works. The priest had to do all the stuff. You're doing it. You're doing it. It's based on your performance, your obedience, with your strength, with your flesh. That's the Old Testament. With the circumcision of the flesh. And that system failed. That was not a good covenant. Scripture says it was not a perfect covenant, and it wasn't even a good covenant. It was actually pretty horrible. If you read the Old Testament, it's nightmare after nightmare after nightmare after nightmare. And it's hard to find a a lot of positive stuff when you read through the prophets. It's all doom and gloom because that's the ability of the flesh. It's doom, gloom, religion. It's in the Bible for your understanding, for your benefit, to glean wisdom from the sufferings of trying to do it in the flesh. Now we have it in the living waters. John chapter 3, now we have it in the spirit and in the waters. The spirit of God and in the river of God, with the spirit of God, we go from glory to glory, leaning not on our efforts or our ability, but on the Father's effort through the slain lamb that got the river into our hearts. And so religion is the temptation of literally old covenant Christianity to put a yoke on you, to ensnare you, to put the performance and the effort on you instead of the Lamb of God. He died for you so that you could rely on Him for everything you can't do in your human ability. It's quintessential for salvation, and it is the most mature things in Christianity because it continues to unfold His divinity the more and more you yield to him. The more and more you let him, and it's the more and more childlike you get. You don't actually get bigger and bigger and bigger. You get smaller and smaller and smaller. A prophetess at our Glory Fest conference this last weekend says, I see you as a little glory baby. I said, that's good, but that's not perfect because I need to go back to being a one-celled organism. I need to be completely vaporized to become the river itself in timelessness without beginning and end. A baby's good because that's a lot of humility, but you need to go even lower than that to like a one-celled embryo. (laughs) Like you just, just a flash of light and then you go back into that light and you become the very person of God the Father in total selflessness, and you can do that. That's what the humility waters actually produce. 
that you go back through your mind, through all the stages of life, through all the months, all the times, all the days, all the years, and you go back pre-incarnate and you live out of the eternal spirit of who you were in the Father before you were conceived in your mother's womb. That's how you begin to operate as a priest in the order of Melchizedek without father and without mother, without beginning and without end. And you begin to minister out of the eternal throne of who you are in the Father. All it costs you is your mortal life, which is death. It costs you death. It costs you all of your disagreement with what the spirit of the river is trying to sanctify you into the waters of humility below. Removing your pride is the main obstacle. Removing yourself. Removing the looking of your eyes upon you instead of your eyes on Jesus in you who's immortalized. Jesus in you is invincible, as it is written in Hebrews. The Lamb cannot be killed a second time. Christ cannot die a second time. So anyone whose soul is actually attached to Christ is immortalized. The issue is we haven't brought our souls that low in humility to go back through our, our whole life into eternity past and to see who we were in the Father before we were conceived, our true spiritual self. And when you see your true spiritual self, you begin to operate out of eternity, out of timelessness. You become masters of time. It's perfect humility that it has nothing to do with my soul. Now my soul is the Father's soul. And Jesus Christ said, the Father and I are one, and He's the firstborn of many that can say the same thing. And the Father will back up anyone that goes that low in humility. It'll thunder when you speak. There'll be signs and wonders. We saw an angel feather pop out of Penny's hand at the conference this weekend. We had two different prophets. Nikolai was one of them. And another prophetess say, when, when they came into Glory Fest Friday night, they couldn't believe all the angels were in there. Mm -hmm. We're talking about how could there be so many angels in one room, inside and underwater, in the ocean of God, and completely submerged that no one was up out of, the, out of the water into the air, but they were all underwater. They literally walked into the underwater world of the hundredfold love of God. And if you came in that room, you were underwater for the time that you were there. And that the angels were doing everything they could to you while you were there underwater. And they're doing it for you now. And they want to pull you deeper in the waters. And they want to teach you the ways of the waters. It's called the knowledge of the glory. They want to renew your minds to live fully anchored underwater. You can live underwater. You can learn to breathe underwater. You can have rainbow brain floss, like dental floss, going from ear to ear. That the, and Underwater, there's the mind of Christ is underwater. You can never, you will never have the mind of Christ outside of the waters. And the waters have to be always moving. This is the temptation I see in our ministry because we minister to so many people. I watch them. They hold on to stuff because it's so precious and valuable, but you have to let that go too to go to the next level. You can't hold on to yesterday's manna. All the good revelations you get, you just store them in there and you keep going. You let go in your soul. Your soul can never have control 
if you want to go to the next level of glory, if you want to go deeper in the waters, if you want to go higher in the waters, if you want to go lower in the waters of humility and shoot up into the upper pool, it requires you to be completely open, hands-off, control-free every day. And so the greater the things you experience of God, the greater the temptation to hold on to them because these are some of the most valuable, precious gemstone revelations of the river of life ever released of all time. Daniel 12, and knowledge shall increase. This is the knowledge of the glory of Habakkuk 2.14. And it's increasing to the level of Enoch, where we become the masters of the universe, understanding literally every realm <laughs> Every path of the stars, every path of the waters, everything that exists here in this universe of God, our Father's creation, will have understanding of. But it requires tremendous humility. And if you try to do it in the flesh, you'll get into witchcraft. You'll get into some you'll get into strange fire. Anything that you do outside of the living waters is actually sin. The place of the forgiveness of sins is in the river. So, and listen, all Christianity that's outside the river is not even Christianity. I don't care if they, you can steal the water, you can steal the gemstones from the river, which are the truths, the living truths are the gems in the river. There was gold in the river, there was, and that's the gold nuggets of truth. And you take them out of the river and you use them for yourself, there's no water on it. That, that gold will eat your flesh, like Jesus Christ said. That, that those riches, those stolen riches from the river, they'll literally, it'll eat the flesh off your bones. And that's why many pastors get cancer. Because they're stealing the truth from the river and they don't put it back in the river and bring their flesh into the river. They bring the, the gold out of the river and apart mm. from the Holy Spirit River, they use the truth for selfish purposes for their own building plants. Wow. Apart from God's blueprint. So the issue is everything's going to be restored back to the river, back to the water, back to the city of David, back to the tabernacle of David, and back to the water temple. And it's all going to glorify the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit again in perfection. And the real priests uh, are coming into a place of maturity where God the Father is going to back them up with all angel power. So that all the disobedience and dishonor and all the craziness that people do in strange fire and all the stuff they claim is God that's not God, some of it's partially God, a lot of it's just Antichrist and Jezebelic activity, it's just going to be completely massacred into the lake of fire. People will look at this movement and say it's the very deconstruction of Christianity. They'll say it's the very destruction of God and the Bible, and it's actually just the destruction of Satan. Because their Christianity is based on a building system made by human hands that's not God at all. Acts 7.48, God has never dwelt. That's what the Bible says. Acts 7.48, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit have never dwelt in any building made by human hands. You have given demons the glory by serving an external temple instead of an internal temple. When you serve the internal temple of 1 Corinthians 6.19, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, because that's the new covenant, that you're the temple of the Lord God Almighty and Lamb. Each one of you individually is. When you come together, we make the city of glory and the temple with living stones of our souls transfigured by the renewing of our mind, by the washing of the water of the Word and bringing the Word of the water into the deepest depths. Those ones that bring the Word into the water in the deepest depths honor the Father the most because they have the most accurate, 
translation of the scriptures. It's the, it is the strongest meat for the mature. The deeper you're in the water, the deeper your understanding of the scriptures. And people that are at level 1, 2, and 3, like your Southern Baptists, a lot of that stuff is true that they're saying. That salvation level message is true. If you go deeper, it's like knowledge of the glory, water path, star path, message, lower pool, upper pool. I'm an astronaut now. All this is true, and I'm just living like a, a merman in the living water. And that, and level 7 glory in 33 degree Jesus Christ full spiritual stature. And people will condemn it as the devil because they're only level 1. And they see people that go into level 2, level 3, level 4, deeper waters of the word as heretics. You see it every single day we broadcast for 13 years. They come on there in the first, I mean, every day, heretic. What you're saying is the devil. And because they're, they're saved in a level one revelation of some scriptures that they cherish in their heart, that they know they would die for. These people would die for the level one revelation they have. Imagine if they get exposed to level two, three, four, five, six, and seven and become one at the Father's level of glory. You don't even really begin to experience the glory until you're at level like 5, 6, and 7. You could be at level 1, 2, 3, and 4. This is true. I see the mountain right now as I'm talking to you. And the glory of God was only on the top of the mountain, the Bible says. So that your initial understanding of Scripture as you've known it in Christianity for the last 2,000 years hasn't been in the joy glory, the peace glory, or the love glory that's only on the top of the mountain. And I had to go through all this stuff too, learning all this stuff just like you. So I've humbled myself continuously to go deeper in the living water to have all this understanding. And so the level one, two, three, four doesn't even have the glory on it. It's true, the Spirit's on it, the Holy Spirit's on it, but there are levels of His presence. And when you come into a deeper level of understanding of the Word of God by the Spirit of wisdom and revelation that pulls you deeper into the waters of the Word, that's when you begin to encounter the physical, manifest, drunken glory of the Lord. And so a lot of people are going to mature now into that 20-year-old level of the drunken glory, where the, their revelation will not just be surface deep water, but it'll be joy glory, peace glory, and love glory on the top of the mountain as they're willing to humble themselves, give up their pride, and go into deeper unknown waters. Because it's pride that locks you in level one, two, three, four. <laughs> you say, oh man, this level one stuff, that's all there is. Anyone that goes any deeper is a heretic. We see people, the charismatic church could be like level between like four and five. Really, with the gifts and people that have like glory clouds in their churches and they get covered in gold dust, that is about level four or five in the water of the word. But it's not even promised land because most of that's still done in buildings made by human hands. You get into level seven, you can't have seven inside any human system. That's why the deepest we've ever seen in the glory stream is like six. And we think we're it. And we're talking about atmospheric signs and wonders, the glory cloud. We're working with the angels. Level six is you're worker, working and partnered with the angels. You know your angels' names. You're doing signs and wonders with your angels. I mean, you're accurate. You're just, I mean, you're right on. But there are levels now that we're going in level seven levels of absolute perfection of the Father's love. That's what seven is. Seven is the Father's love. Seven is understanding the scriptures 
in the fullness of divine love, in the fullness of self-sacrifice, in the fullness of being like a one-celled organism. Like, you've returned in utero into the Father's womb and dissolved into the Father, and there's no longer a human being in you. So good. <laughs> now it's just only the Father remains, and the Father and you are one. And everything that you interpret from the Word is at the Father's level of perfect, crystal clear love without any guile, without any mixture. You have nothing in you except the Father's goodness pouring forth through you in every word. And when you begin to speak from that level 7 of complete vapor, complete crystal clear water, perfect love in every word towards everyone, that's when the kingdom of heaven begins to take over the natural realm. That's the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. That's what drowns the world with Noah's righteousness. He was a preacher. He reached a certain level of righteousness that hit the mark at year 600 and drowned the world. Penny was talking about, what's 600 yesterday? 600 is the mark of the high calling. When Noah was 600, he hit that mark. His righteousness was equal to the Father's, and it released the floods from above, mm. and it released the springs from below. In Genesis 7:14, I believe, and it says the, the bowels of the earth were, were broken up and burst forth the ancient springs. And these were natural waters. But in our day, days of the Noah, of Jesus Christ's second coming, it's like His like Noah. It's not natural waters. I will never destroy the earth in such a way. I'm going to destroy Satan and his angels in a supernatural way, in a supernatural glory that will be so strong that there can be no spiritual wickedness, no curse of the law, no curse of the fall in the heavens, in the stars, in the planets, in the sky, in the sun and moon, in the clouds, in the trees, in the rocks, not even in the black rock of Mecca could there be a curse in these days of Noah. It will remove all the curses from the soil of the earth and from the blood of the nations. And the bloodlines of the nations will be cleansed in these days of Noah with the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of the Lord Jesus Christ is His transfigured blood. We know the life is in the blood. We've read that verse. But we don't understand that when we're in the river, we're actually in the blood. And it says in Revelation 6, the water turned into blood. When we have the deepest level of the revelation in level 7 of the water of the word, there comes a point when a company is all walking in the seventh level of the water of the word that it turns into blood. That's what's about to happen. I believe that's what's happening right now worldwide where people will begin to physically feel what we've broken open walking in the depths of the glory of God, walking in the depths of the river, walking in the depths of the Father's Word, and then it turns to blood. And when it turns to blood, everyone physically is feeling it. When he turned the water into wine in the first sign and wonder at Canaan and Galilee, all of them physically felt it. Jesus had it inside him. When he turned it into wine, it was outside him, and all of his friends at the party got physically drunk on it. That's what it represents, that it's no longer just inside the sons of God, the few crazy mystics that are walking in this, all this stuff all these years. Now all society gets it by blood. And so we're turning all your water into blood, all you people of the earth. All the waters of the earth will turn into new wine. 
and they'll drink it and they'll celebrate. It's a celebration of the ages. All the negativity is from the one-third that fell that's going to die off into the lake of fire by our continuous celebration of the waters turning into blood, the waters turning into wine. You only have a negative interpretation of the book of Revelation if you're on the losing side because clearly it's a, it's a book of complete and total annihilation of Satan and his angels and all of their destructive lying systems in the world. And they're confusing systems, but the deeper you go in the living water, because John brought the water gospel in the gospel of John, the easier the book of Revelation is to interpret. You cannot interpret the book of Revelation apart from being in the depths of the sea of humility and virginity of the lower and upper pools and, and the constant springs of Eden that water them. Because the upper pool is in the second heavens, the lower pool is under the earth. So it, it connects the heavens and the earth, and it washes the heavens, and it washes the earth, and it washes all the flesh and the blood of the earth. But how they're fed is out of our intimacy in the third heaven, in the Garden of Eden. In the Eden realm of perfect water, that's what our, our manifestation of that realm is what fills these pools daily. So... It's not just a one-time watering. It's us going deeper in the waters because it's our walk with the Father in the third heaven, in the Garden of Eden realm. Our intimacy in the, in the Garden of Love, our intimate marriage to Jesus in the Garden of Love. That's out of that intimacy and that marriage relationship, that marriage carriage is what fills these pools with fresh water, with fresh glory every single day, with fresh anointing. For, for the nations that have a greater wash. So as we grow in love, the upper and lower pools get more and more filled and saturated out of our intimacy realms of the third heaven. And we bring that into the lower pool, upper pool, and it begins to wash everyone. And the more people that fall in love, the more people feel it. So as you are added into this love glory, you are participating in the healing of the nations and the complete and total removal of the curse of the fall for the permanency of the Garden of Eden over the whole surface of the earth like Adam and Eve walked in. And we're deep into that reality. And every single one of you that agrees with these words is participating in it on a universal level. That's how epic these words are into your hearts, activating and renewing your minds. So we thank you for believing this message. If you'd like to partner with this ministry, you can donate at redlettermin.com and be blessed. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Amen.